Welcome to Real Estate Agent Superstars. I'm your host, RJ Baxter with Intercap Lending, and I have got a spectacular guest for you today, Chelsea Steen of Your Castle Real Estate. Chelsea, in a short period of time, has taken her business to incredible levels, and she's going to share with us her successes and what she's done to get there. So welcome to the, sh the show, Chelsea. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. How did you get in involved with this crazy business? How did you start off as a real estate agent? Yeah, so back was I was, when I was in college uh, in Cleveland, um, I needed money. So I started a painting company and started working on houses at the age of 19. Um, after about eight years, I got kind of sick of changing the color of someone's dining room and realized, hey, houses are a really great investment. And I wonder if I can get into this and kind of show people how to use this tool. Um, so I moved out to Colorado and simultaneously got licensed. So that's kind of how it began. Okay, awesome. And how long ago was that? When did you get started as an actual? So I started, yeah, I started part-time in 2017. There's like a two-year period that I was still running my painting company um, and getting it sold and consulting for the new owner. So I went full-time in January of 2020. Okay, wow. And in that short period of time, tell us where, where your business has gone. Yeah, it's been wild. Um, January of 2020 ended up being an interesting time to get into the business as a couple months later, uh, COVID occurred and I wasn't even yeah. allowed to show houses. So that was interesting. Um, but my first year I ended up selling 7 million. My second year I did 17. Um, my third year, which was last year, I did 25, brought on a full-time assistant and four agents. Wow. That's, that's incredible growth. So Fast. I think... You there's a lot of agents that, yeah, there's a lot of agents that got involved during COVID, uh, just started off as a real estate agent and maybe haven't had as much success as business has gotten harder over the last year. What have you done to sustain your success? Yeah. Um, have you ever read the book, The Compound Effect? Yes. Yeah. So that book, I think I read really early on into getting into real estate and it was the perfect book for me to read. I was very much so kind of an all or nothing person before. Um, and reading that book kind of changed the way I went about starting this business. So it was very slow and steady. And for those who haven't read the book, it essentially talks about how small, consistent efforts over time will have a greater return than uh, large efforts kind of as one-offs. So I started to really build my business. I had an education focus to start uh, began teaching home buying 101 classes um, as I got kind of my website and my back end and all of those things up and running. And then I just wanted to be consistent with each one. Um, so I chose time increments that made sense for me to be posting at or writing blog posts at. Um, mm -hmm. And then it was just kind of a slow and steady build. Well, it doesn't sound slow and steady, but on the back end of things, it was uh, relatively slow and, steady. Slow, slow and steady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So, so you started teaching the home buyer one on one class. Um, yeah. Did was that an immediate success, or how did you do? Was it online, or how did you do that? Yeah, good question. Um, I started teaching them in person initially, um, and I had actually started those a little bit before I went full time. So I had a little bit more ramp up than just these past three years. Um, okay. I would teach them at my brokerage. I'd provide beer. I experimented around too, um, like having it at a public location, um, having it catered. 
but the most important thing is I was consistent. So I did it every month, even if I was trying something out. Um, my first class, I maybe had five people there. Um, but interestingly mm -hmm. enough, I have sold all of those people homes at this point. It just wasn't right away. Um, yeah. And I've had classes where I've had 20 people. I've had classes where I've had one or I've had none. Um, regardless of the attendance, I just keep doing it. So I still do that today. Okay. If you have none, do you still teach the class? No. <laughs> <laughs> just for practice? Even if I, if I have one, though, there have been times where I'm like, oh, gosh, do I really want to do this? But I do it. I will do it if there's someone there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, for that one person, you really have a chance to connect. Yes, meaningful for sure. For them. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. So um, then did you go online with it once COVID hit? Yeah, exactly. Um, so COVID occurred. I couldn't teach my classes. And I was like, all right, let's switch to the online platform. Um, for me personally, public speaking is terrifying. So honestly, it was preferred. I kind of get to hide behind the screen. Um, so it was much more comfortable for me going online. Um, we're actually going to be doing our first in-person class in May uh, since COVID. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So how do you get people to attend your class? Yeah, good question. Um, I have a group on Meetup and I've got like 200 and some um, members in it. Um, I also have an Eventbrite. I run an ad on Facebook, so I'll do, you know, 50 okay. bucks or whatever a month as an ad. Um, otherwise, I kind of use it as like a pipeline tool. So every time I'm having a conversation with somebody or I meet someone new and they tell me that they rent, I say, oh, I teach these free classes every month you know, come sometime, you'll get a beer, or, you know, we'll hang out, whatever. Um, so I'm kind of constantly funneling traffic there because I book my classes out for the whole year. Okay. That's pretty awesome. So it's something you can talk to people about through the sales process yeah. and invite yeah. them to just organically. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So why did you decide to start doing classes? What was the reason for getting into that, uh, that uh, method? Yeah, so I went to a good college, um, and I've had great education through my upbringing. And yet, even to this day, I don't really use my degree. Um, and I realized pretty quickly when I was in college, like, wow, just being out and running a business, I'm actually learning so much more than I am in this classroom. And I kind of started to get frustrated with the fact that we don't really teach anything about personal finances for people growing up. Um, mm -hmm. So that was the main motivation is I think that when people know better, they do better. And I just saw this kind of gap um, and a lot of new agents, this isn't a new thing, right? A lot of new agents go and teach these classes and do these home buyer seminars. Um, but I kind of involved, uh, evolved to teaching house hacking and investing classes as well. Um, but it was really just seeing this gap of there's not, a ton of people out there that are really doing this, or at least at that time there weren't. But there's a lot more now. There's just so many resources online and books and, you know, all there's, there's a lot of competition, if you will. Right. Do you, do you really, do you view it as competition or? No. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. like come to the class or don't, you know, it's your choice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you consistently have people there. So that's really impressive. Yeah. 
Um, so, you, and you mentioned you, there's another class you teach, investing and house hacking? Yeah, house hacking is the other one. So I alternate months now. So I'll do a home buying one month, house hacking the next. Um, very, very passionate about that topic. That's how I've built my real estate portfolio. Okay. Tell me more about that. When did you start investing in real estate? Yeah, so I was 24 um, when I moved to Colorado. And I bought my first house after being here for about eight months. Um, I house hacked that house. So it was a three bed, three full bath. So I rented out the two other bedrooms. I experimented with Airbnb, long-term tenants, et cetera. Um, but eventually that helped me save up enough money to go buy my second property. Plus I sold my painting business. So I had this kind of sum of cash mm -hmm. there as well. So I was able to purchase a duplex for my second one, which mm -hmm. I then same thing house hacked. Um, and then that allowed me to buy my third property, which was another duplex. So very, very passionate about uh, house hacking and helping people build wealth that way. Nice, nice. So the people listening to this show are probably real estate agents for the most part, and they yep. might already know what house hacking is. But for people that are thinking, what is house hacking? What, tell us what that is. Super simple. Um, essentially, you purchase a property as a primary residence so that you get a lower interest rate. You put less down. You move into the house. Don't commit mortgage fraud, everyone. You've got to move into it. Um, and then you rent out some portion uh, of that property. So maybe it has an ADU. Maybe you just rent out all the bedrooms like I did. Um, and then that helps offset your mortgage so that you're either living for free, making money every month, um, mm -hmm. or your living expenses are reduced, which then helps you save up more money to go buy your next one, which again, you just buy as a primary, put as little down as you can, get a lower interest rate, et cetera. So you can just kind of keep doing that. Kind of keep going and, and acquire properties that way. Yep. That's pretty awesome. So do you have a lot of people that attend the house hacking class? Yeah, the house hacking is definitely more popular than the home buying. Um, but oftentimes it's millennials and they're excited about investing. And then I ask the question of, well, do you even own right now? Okay, well, let's backtrack, listen to this class, but then go ahead and come back to my home buying class so that we can help you get your first one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have some success stories from people that you've taught how to do this house hacking and then they've gone ahead and did it and had some good success with it? Yeah, a lot. Um, I have one client who buys a house on May 22nd every year. Um, he's on his <laughs> third property now looking to buy his Why fourth. Why that day? Because uh, that's the one year mark that he promised you, the lender, that he would uh, live there for. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got another, um, you know, people that found me on Google. I sold their home, um, helped them buy a duplex. They're now looking to buy their second duplex. Um, there's a long list, honestly. I probably work with like one to two house hackers a month. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, cool. So what, what kinds of um, goals do you have personally with your investing? Yeah, I'm pretty simple. Uh, I, you know, keep it simple, stupid is one of my logos. So I sat down. I don't know if other people are this weird. Um, but when I was 24, I went and sat down in a coffee shop and kind of mapped out what do I need to do within real estate to retire as soon as humanly possible? Um, and I literally worked out, this is the amount that I need to have in assets based on the amortization schedules, 
and me paying a little extra each month and whatever, this is how long mm -hmm. it'll take me to pay them off. Um, so my goal is to retire. I'm about seven years out. Um, I just want to pay okay. these properties off and stop working. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And, and I imagine that passion comes through in your class and gets other people excited. Yeah. And other people have other needs, you know, too. Um, a lot of people I think have family members they're taking care of, or they've got siblings they're involved with, or maybe they have kids of their own. So I think just that idea of having passive income is really inspiring for others. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think staying focused on your classes has been part of the reason why it's led to success, why, why you've built your business so fast? I think it's been huge. I know a lot of other agents who have gone and taught a class and then they maybe will teach one more and then they just kind of let it go. So yeah. I think consistency is the answer. Um, and then I've stayed that way with kind of these other layers that I've added in with my business too, you know, with our website and social media and all those things. Okay. Okay. So then, um, are you still doing them online or are they in person now or are you doing yeah, so they're all... in person in May? Yeah. The first one that we'll do will be in person in May and that'll be the house hacking class. Okay. Okay. So for someone listening, that's maybe overwhelmed thinking about putting on a class, what would you, what kind of advice would you give them to hold their first class? Pick a date, right? Just pick a date. That's the date that you're going to do it. Find a location, get your advertisement made, um, and start advertising it. And magically you will take all of the steps that you need to by the time the class happens for you to have a successful class. Um, but if you just pick a date and then you want to work on your presentation first, there's not really pressure. So I think pick a date, mm. get it advertised, get people committed, and then you'll be committed to getting your presentation done and getting prepped. Yeah. It's like say yes first and then everything magically comes yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've learned that too. I've said yes to, teaching or speaking uh, for yeah. other people and had no idea what I was going to present. And yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it just magically comes together. Yeah. Um, what other kinds of uh, roadblocks do people have when they're setting up a class and thinking about doing this besides ha being particular about maybe putting the, together their PowerPoint or what day, what other things? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of excuses that come up through the process. Um, one is this feels dumb or people aren't interested or, you know, this isn't going to work. Well, I'm sitting here telling you it does work. And so just go do it and it will work. Um, finding locations is a big one. Um, I have agents on my team now who I coach to teach these classes. And one of the things we talk about is location. And, you know, they want to have it at a bar or whatever because it's fun. Um, but it's also really important that you choose an environment where people can actually hear you, like physically hear you, and they aren't distracted if you want to really have a return from mm -hmm. the class. Um, so I think kind of finding that balance of making it fun, making it you, but also keeping it professional. Um, other than that, if you have, you know, the week of, you don't have a ton of RSVPs, you might be inclined to be like, oh, it's not worth it. But as I mentioned, I only had five people at my first class and all of them have purchased properties with me over, it took three years, right? But they all did. Um, so even if you have one, just do it anyways. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, if you have one every class for a year and yeah. they all buy, that's 12 transactions. Yeah. It's essentially so, a buyer consult. That's it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. So where, where are you holding your class in May? You mentioned having a venue that's fun yet professional where people can hear you. Yeah, that's what we're working on this week is picking out the team just agreed last week that we're going to kind of do it as a team event. Um, so I'm opening it up to them to drive traffic there. Um, there's a location called Crooked Stave in the Highlands. So my assistant's husband actually um, is the manager there. So it's a brewery. It's nice, um, but it's not huge. So our class kind of takes up a good portion of the interior seating um, so mm -hmm. that's not distracting. Okay, gotcha. What day of the week are you doing it? I usually do Wednesdays. So the third Wednesday of every month is what I shoot for. Okay, and what, like what time of day? I'm just trying to get yeah. a sense of how many people might be at the brewery at the same time. Yeah, so for in-person, I usually do it at 6 or 6.30. Um, for my online okay. classes, I do those at 5.30 because I actually run ads on the East Coast, which is 7.30 their time. So you can kind of play around with that too. But for in-person, 6 or 6.30 so that you, you know, people get off of work, they have enough time to run home, let the dog out, and then come on down. Okay. Nice. Do you, do you ever um, have people that are at the venue and then they kind of morph over to your class and start listening and then they become home buyers? Yeah, all the time. Um, and that's kind of the nice part about doing it in public is you get to pick up some of those people, whereas online you don't. Right. True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm asking myself, it can't be just the classes. There has to be more to this. Like, yeah. what else have you done? that has led to your success? Do you have other marketing strategies that you use or is it team building or processes or what, what, what else is your secret sauce? Yeah, I've got kind of a systematic way of going about things every week. So a couple of examples. Um, I post on social media every day. So on our Instagram okay. page, we have a post Monday to Friday every single day and then corresponding stories that we design. Um, I meet with two vendors is what I call them a week because um, my business is 85% referral. So I'm really mm -hmm. focused on my past clients and sphere and then vendors. So, you know, lenders, out of state agents, contractors, anything like that. I have two of those meetings a week um, to foster relationships that will turn into referrals. Um, mm -hmm. I call them strategic hangouts. So I do two of those a week, which is basically looking at, you know, who of my friends or who of my past clients or, you know, whatever, who makes sense to spend time with this week uh, or the following week. So I'm very particular about who I spend time with and when. Um, so I kind of call that another formula, right? And then I have just normal friend time as well. But there's definitely people I try to get in front of intentionally at specific times. Um, what other things Our CRM? I try to add 10 people every single week. And then most of my, um, activity is really sphere past client driven. So that kind of, uh, looks like four to five touches a month for every single one of my past clients. So we do okay. quarterly client events. I send out a monthly newsletter. Um, I send boomerang postcards once a month you know, et cetera, but it's very focused on, uh, referrals. Okay. Is your, uh, newsletter, is that by email? 
Yes, through MailChimp. Okay, okay. Do you draft that up yourself and write it yourself? I used to. <laughs> now I have my assistant. Okay. So um, we kind of work together on writing the blog posts because uh, we write blog posts for every single home that we sell. Uh, we do a small business spotlight every month. We pick a new out-of-state referral agent every month. Um, and then usually I have some sort of blog I've written with a market update at the top. So it's usually like six or seven blogs that we've written in a month that we link in this newsletter. So we work together on writing those. She creates a draft of it, and then I review it before we send it out. Okay. And do you get a really good, I mean, you said your business is mostly past clients. Is that repeat business, referrals, both? Yeah, repeat and referral. Referral mostly. Um, I've only been, you know, this is my fourth year, so I'm just kind of now over the last year, I've started yeah. to get people that are trading up. Um, and I think that that'll happen more. Obviously that's normal for the life of a realtor, but, um, sure. it's mostly referrals. Okay. All right. So any other words of advice for someone getting started since you're, you're essentially kind of getting started yourself still yeah. inventing yourself? Um, hmm. no, just go read the compound effect, honestly, and apply it. I, I really can't recommend that book enough. Um, slow and steady over time, be a good person. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Do right by people and that will, uh, end up sending you more business. Yeah. And what I like about you too, is you are yourself, like being yourself, I think is such a key. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I think that's great. And you're, and you're feeding into your own passion yeah. with how you market. Yeah, so, that's a good point, RJ. Be yourself. That's a good one for newer agents. You're not going to appeal yeah. to everybody, and that's okay. Yeah, and, and you can't do everything as far as marketing strategies and that kind of stuff. I mean, if you're – someone might be listening to this and saying, there's no way I, I'm going to teach a class. Maybe that's not your thing. There's – 200 different things that can build a person's business. We're just sharing one that's worked for you. Yep. For sure. So, yeah, absolutely. So what other, I'd like to ask you this too. You mentioned the compound effect. That's Darren Hardy, right? Yes. Yeah. What other books have been influential for you? What other books would you recommend to read? The 12 week year was huge. Um, people get pumped a goal set, they set goals for a whole year and then they're not really paying attention. So, um, treating things as kind of like quarters, um, 12, week, 12 week year was huge. Um, the seven levels of communication I really enjoyed. Yeah. It's kind of an old school way of going about the real estate business, but I like that actually. Um, mm -hmm. it's a contact sport, this real estate business. So I really, really, Absolutely. Yeah, I took some good messages from that, especially in the way of like vendor meetings and how to set them up and um, facilitate relationships that way. So those have been great. And then just personally, um, The Miracle Morning, that one's been great as well. Yeah. I used to teach a class about the seven levels. I love that book. Yeah, it's great. Michael it Mayer. really is really good. And even if like, yeah. you know, I don't know, we're always just trying to get nuggets, right? little bits of nuggets and information you can apply to your business. And that book is just full of them. Yeah. Tell, tell us what that, what is seven levels? What does that mean? So essentially it's been a while since I've read it, but it's like 
when you're bringing people in, they kind of start at a certain level and you're trying to work them up by building trust and relationship over time. Um, and mm -hmm. once you kind of get people to the top, these are your A players, they'll scream your name from the rooftops, et cetera. Um, so it's just, it helps you kind of categorize and understand where are my people right now and what do I need to do to strengthen relationships with them. Okay. And then in the book, they also talk about how much more effective face-to-face -face communication is. They have a triangle yes. diagram as opposed yes. to relying on email or direct mail or yeah. advertising. Yep. It's like the like passive that. and active forms of having conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of goes into, if you want analogy with the real estate business is buying leads versus cultivating leads, cultivating business. Yeah. It's a big difference. Yep. And there's a diff sure. different level of, yeah, and a different level of connection with people that you know, like, and that know, like, and trust you, or that refer people that they know, as opposed to a cold internet lead. Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, if you could uh, rewind the clock and go back and talk to yourself in twenty nineteen, right before you got started, what would you tell yourself? Um, start out using a CRM. Because uh, it is a pain trying to implement it now. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I didn't know. That. Did you just start implementing your CRM? Yeah, we are still not even fully using oh, wow. it. It's wild. Okay. Yeah. That is um, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. So, yeah, that would have been nice to do as I went uh, for sure. So um, now, again, as I mentioned, it's a pain. Um, other things, I think I would have set stronger boundaries for sure. And that's easy to say now, you know, I'm selling 25 million. I have plenty of clients. When you're first starting, it's a little tougher to do that. You just need to kind of do what you need to do. But um, I would have been okay saying no or helping people understand we don't need to see 10 houses on a weekend. That's going to overwhelm you. Um, those kinds mm -hmm. of things. Because I think with how fast I've grown, burnout is very real. Yeah, yeah, burnout can be a problem. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, so what CRM are you using, just out of curiosity? Follow-up boss. Okay, yep. Yeah. Familiar with that one. That's a good one. Yeah, I, think I have... it's per... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so I used Contactually for a while, and I really liked that, but then they got bought out by Compass, and so now they're not available to consumers anymore. Um, oh, okay. and I think that was my excuse, you know, for not continuing with one. <laughs> uh, okay. I see. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm also a big database proponent and, um, I think wh whichever one it is, the one that you use is the best one. Sure. So even if it's, um, you know, at a basic level, even your outlook contact manager could. I mean, it's got its flaws and it's not as good as an actual CRM, but it's something at least instead of just using your phone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, or a notepad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, here's another philosophical question. If we were to fast forward one year from today and you, um, you look back on the year behind you, how would you define a successful year over the past or over the 12 months? More days off. Um, 
my team really up competent making good decisions for other people um and for me we've got some extended period of travel that we're kind of doing next year so uh just making sure i've got all of my ducks in a row for that so you might not have heard a production goal from me and that is intentional um I am just kind of in, in maintenance mode. Life is good. I'd rather focus on getting my team up and going. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes I think in, in our line of work, people get too hung up on production goals and it's, I mean, there's more to it. Yeah. So that's yeah. great. And, and you told me off camera that you've been to 40 some countries. Is that right? Yeah. I think somewhere between 43 to 45. I got to add up because we just went uh, to a few in Africa. So I got to recount. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. So you, and you have goals to do more traveling, get to more countries and a lot. That's part of your long-term plan, right? Yeah. That's part of why I want to not have to work anymore. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I could just globe trot for the rest of my life for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Where is the next place you'd like to go? Um, I need to take, I take a solo trip every year. Um, my wife is very kind and lets me do that. So I like cold places. I went to Norway last year for two weeks. I was looking this year, I might do Iceland, um, or hit, mm -hmm. you know, kind of BC and Canada. Okay. okay. But yeah, I just want some me time. There you go. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sit in those, or, uh, soak in those hot springs in Iceland. Yeah, exactly. Time. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Exactly. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. You're just like, you're a, a breath of fresh air. I love how genuine, genuine you are and how you built your business. It's just awesome to see that kind of consistency. And I think that's a great message to um, put forth to our listeners. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I hope it helps someone. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will help many. So. Yeah. Well, you have a great rest of your day, Chelsea, and thank you again for joining us. And uh, once again, my name is RJ Baxter with Intercap Lending. I just wanted to ask you that if you enjoyed this episode and you think uh, it would help benefit someone else to please share it to someone else you know in the business that could benefit from Chelsea's wisdom. And if you enjoyed the show, also consider giving us a five-star review. That's how the word gets out. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Chelsea. Yep, thanks.